Praise the Lord. Is it okay if I can ask you a small favor? I would like you to greet the person on your left and your right. Just stand up on your feet and greet that person. And tell that person, God is going to minister to you today. God has got a word for you today. Bless that person. Just take a few minutes. Just bless that person on your right and your left. And tell them that God is going to minister to them in a very special way. Keep standing after you're doing that. Keep standing after you're doing that. Praise God. God bless you. Let us turn our Bibles to to the book of James chapter 3. As you know, we are doing the study on the book of James. And we are in the eighth part of our study. We come to session eight. And I've titled today's message as, yes my sister, How to Relate Wisely to Others. That's the title of my message, How to Relate Wisely to Others. And we are doing a series of, on the book of James, growing up rather than giving up. We need to grow up, but most of the time while growing up, many of us give up. Let us turn our Bibles now to James 3 and we look at from verse 13 to verse 18. The word of God says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life. By deeds done in humility that comes from wisdom. But if you have a bitter envy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come from heaven, but is earthly, unscriptural, demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. Let's bow our heads. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you will take these words, Master, and let it impart life into us. We pray that today as we hear your word, Lord, we pray that we will be doers of your word and not just hearers. Father, I pray, Lord God, that there will be no distraction, Lord God. I pray that your ministering spirits will take control of this place. I pray that not one word will fall to the ground, but it will accomplish the purpose for which it goes forth today in Jesus' name. Father, we pray and ask you, prepare our hearts, Daddy. Give us grace to hear the truth, so that the truth will set us free today. In Jesus' name we pray. Please be seated in the presence of the Lord. As we are studying in the book of James, we are continuing and we are coming to the eighth session. Every day you will encounter different kind of people. Every day you will encounter different kind of people. Some of them are very delightful to be with. You like to be with such type of people. Some are very difficult to be with. Sometimes you will wait to run away from their presence. They are very difficult people. Some are very inspiring that you just want to sit with that person and hear them talk because they are very inspiring to you. Some are very irritating that you even do not want to even see their face. Some are very fascinating. You just want to admire them. And some are very intimidating. So you got all these type of people that you will meet in the course of your walk day to day. The fact is, a lot of problems we have in life is because of personality conflict. That's the main reason. It's a personality conflict that we get. We don't get along with people. When your relationship is bad, life stinks. And life is miserable when your relationship is bad. You may have a lot of money in the bank, 
you may have all the money in the bank, but if your relationship is bad, you are a miserable person. Because everywhere down the line, we have relationship with somebody or the other. You cannot say that you are a lone ranger. So, how many of you have ever felt sometimes in your marriage, you just want to give up and run away? Because you cannot have a proper relationship with that person. You just want to give up. Some of us, I normally thought it will take three years to have the first argument. And I spoke to a very loving brother. And I said, how long it took for you to have your first argument? He says, within six months. Another one told me, within three months. One told me, even on the first night. Because the husband didn't do what the wife wanted. So, somewhere down the line, the enemy will come just to disturb and to rock that boat and cause problems in relationship. James gives us some practical advice on it. Today we are going to look at how or what James is going to talk. How do we relate wisely to other people? How are we going to relate wisely to other people? And the key verse for today is verse 18. So I want you to keep your Bibles open. You have your books. We can take notes. It's a study time of study. The key verse is, and those who are peacemakers will plant seed of peace and reap a harvest of goodness. Amen? James says every day in relationship, you are doing one thing. You are planting a seed. And what type of seed are you planting? Some of you are planting seeds of anger. Because of some given reason, you are planting only the seed of anger. Every time, anger, anger, anger. Some of you are planting seeds of jealousy. Because your, your colleague is getting promoted. You have been there seven years and you feel he has bypassed me. He does not know anything and he is getting promoted. Seed of anger gets there. Some, we are sowing seeds of peace. Some, seeds of confidence. You, you sow peace and confidence into people's lives. Some sow even seeds of insecurity. And many, knowingly or unknowingly, sow seeds of division. So somewhere down the line, some type of seed you are sowing into someone's life or into your own life, knowingly or unknowingly. Seed is being sown. But the question is, what type of seed are you sowing? What type of seed is being reaped in your life? So the thing is, how can I plant seed of peace, my brother Claudia? You might ask, brother Claudia, how can I plant these seeds of peace? How can I be a peacemaker? How can I have peace in a relationship, relationship with my family, a relationship at work, relationship in the ministry. I need to have that. I'm struggling over it. Often we treat people very foolishly. We provoke people to anger because many times common sense is not common at all in many, many given times. A lot of smart people are very wise. They are educated, but they lack wisdom. They have all the degrees on their walls, but they are washed out in relationship. All the degrees, but in relationship, total washout. James says in this passage, and there are three things that he's, he's saying in this passage. Number one, James defines real wisdom. Number one, in this what we read today, he defines real wisdom. I'll ask the ushers to sit down. Don't worry, I'll do your job today. Please take your seats. As I see, even one eye is already closing. I'm going to get hold of you very soon. Number one, he defines real wisdom. Imagine if you're sleeping even before I could start, what you're going to do by the end. You'll be snoring. Be careful, the rapture might take place. Number two, then he shows how it is dif differ from human wisdom. That's what he does. Last, he details how it operates. So three things James does. He defines real wisdom, one. Number two, he shows how it is different from human wisdom. 
Number three, he details how it is operated. Those are the three things. So first, verse 13. Let us go to our, to our Bible, verse 13. The first thing is, wisdom is a lifestyle. Number one, first point. Sister, next slide, please. Wisdom is a lifestyle. It has nothing to do with your intelligence. It has everything to do with your relationship and your character. Can I have it up, sister? Okay. Verse 13, the Bible says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by his good life. You've seen that? If you say you have understanding, show it by your good life, by deeds done in humility. I like that. Deeds done in humility that comes from wisdom. When you do something, it has to be done in humility and not pride. And that comes from wisdom. Now, I want you to imagine for one second, Brother James walks into Bread of Life. Imagine the door opens and James walks in now and all of you are going to get shocked. And James looks at you and he says, may I see the hands of those who are wise? How many of us will be able to put up our hands and say, Brother James, I am wise? No. Oh yes. We will be contemplating, this man has come back from heaven. He will know all that I do. Let me not put my hand up. But suddenly imagine that you raise your hand in front of Brother James and you say, yes, I am wise. You know what he will ask you? Or you'll ask us, can you prove it with your lifestyle if you say that you are wise? Prove it and show me that you are wise by your lifestyle and not by your words. It's not a matter of how much you have that you are able to speak in eloquence. It's a matter of how you live your life. How do you get along with people? If you are to grade yourself, in your book, you can write it down. If you are to grade yourself between 1 and 10, 1 being the lowest and 10 being the highest, how will you grade yourself in getting along with people? Now, don't write that up now. We'll see at the end. I'm going to ask you. The most important thing, the second point is, we've seen wisdom is a lifestyle. Number two, the source of wisdom. Where is wisdom from? The source of wisdom. Verse 14. Verse 14, it says, If you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not boast about it and deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come from heaven, but is earthly, unscriptural, even of the devil. This is the Bible, not me. Look at verse 17 quickly. Look at verse 17. The word, word of God says, Wisdom that comes from above. So we know there are two sources of wisdom. Yes, my sister. Two sources of wisdom. One. One wisdom. One is demonic in nature. One is demonic by nature. The second is divine in nature. There are two types of wisdom. The one that comes from above. And the one that comes from below. One is demonic and one is divine. Now, if you are to, to build better and stronger relationship, you must operate in the wisdom that comes from above and not from below. If you operate in the wisdom that comes from below, you will not have a relationship. You will have chaos. Quickly turn to Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12. Quickly, Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12. The Bible says, I would encourage those of you who do not have a Bible, share with the person on your left and right, and let God's Word work in your life. Because this is a Bible study also, as much as it's a message. Proverbs 14 verse 12, There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the hen thereof are death. What he's saying, a man might think that his religion his own dealing, his selfish ways, our lifestyle. But if that is not in line with God, then the end will be death and hell. Whatever you do, if it's not in line with God's word, 
the ultimate will be death and hell. My next point is, lack of godly wisdom causes problems. Lack of godly, godly wisdom, it causes problems. Let us read verses 14. Brother Matthew, you got your thing. Verses 14 to 16. And we'll see all the kinds of problems that is there. Verses 14 to 16. But, but if ye have bitter envy and strife in your hearts, okay. glory not, and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descended not from above, yes. but is earthly, sensual, devilish. For where envy and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. Have you seen that? Because the NIVC says, where there, where there you have envy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and every evil practice. But the King James Version says that there, will, there is confusion. Confusion means basically disorder, instability. Lack of wisdom causes disorder and instability at homes. Let me ask you a question. Do you have confusion at home? You know, many children are so confused at home as to what is happening between mom and dad. Because they are believers at home, in the church and horrible at home. And they are confused. Many children are confused with the behavior of parents in their house. Do you have chaos at work? That every time at work there is an argument with suppliers, with your co-workers, there is chaos that you are always, when you come home, you are angry. When the wife asks you anything, only thing is fled up anger because there is chaos there. Is your life a mess? Do you always feel that you are better than the other person within your ministry? And today I am going to even talk very carefully and very closely to those of us who are involved in ministries. Whatever be your ministry, we are going to look very closely at the word of God. How do we relate even in our ministry? If you cannot get along with people, you, you lack wisdom. Because wisdom gives you the opportunity to enact, to be able to communicate with people. You will see sometimes people sh shoplifting. You know, have you seen that? There is also church shoppers. They'll, be, they'll come to church. You'll find them for a few months. After that, gone. Brother, where are you? I'm very busy today. Where are you? I've got work today. After that, you'll find them in church B. After three months, you'll find them in church E. They are shopping from church to ch church. You know why? They are only concerned about themselves and their ministry is their own ministry. To visit church and see what's happening. If there's no goosebumps in the church, then I will go to the next church. If there's no too much of celebration and dancing in this church, I will go to the next church. You'll find them always sh church shoppers. So how do I know that I act wisely towards others? Today, we are going to take a wisdom test. Are you ready to do a wisdom test? Pastor Leslie always gives us the papers and says, come on, we're going to do a test. I'm not going to do that to you. I'm going to make you write it on yourself. I'm not going to give you a paper. We are going to do a test to see how much of wisdom do we really have. So when we go to heaven, we can talk to Solomon and say, listen, we did a wisdom test. Look at verse 17, and we are going to do a wisdom test. Yes, my sister, verse 17. The Bible says, we are going to see the list of the character, characteristics of wise people. Number one, the Bible says in verse 17, but wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all, number one, pure. Number two, peace-loving. Number three, considerate. Number four, number five, full of mercy and good fruit. Number six, impartial and no, today we are going to do a wisdom test on each of these points and we are going to see where do I stand in the sight of if I have true wisdom. Am I operating in wisdom? The first point that I am taking for this is, if I am wise, I will not compromise my integrity. If I am wise, the first point, if I am wise, I will not compromise my integrity. The wisdom that comes from heaven is, first of all, pure. My sister, the next point, my sister.
The wisdom that comes from above is first of all pure. Pure means uncorrupted, true. Next slide, sister. In John chapter 1, John chapter 3, verse 3. 1 John 3, verse 3. The word of God refers to Christ's character. Let us look at it. 1 John 3, 3. Everyone who has this hope, what he does? Purifies himself. The hope that you have, the first thing you do is you purify yourself. But how do you purify yourself? See what's the next word it says. Just as he is pure. You seen that? So only in Christ can you become pure. Only in Christ. If I am really genuine, if I am wise, okay? If I am genuine, if I am wise, number one, I am not going to lie to you. I will never, never lie to you. If I am pure, okay? And if I am in Christ, number two, I will not cheat you. I will never cheat you on anything. If I am pure and I am in Christ, I will not manipulate you when I talk to get you to do. You know, children have beautiful and manipulating parents. I see it happening. A lot of children. And they have told me, we know how to manipulate parents. Who do you attack? The girl will say, I'll attack my daddy. My daddy gives in to me. And the boys, they manipulate mama. They are very good at it. And we manipulate our bosses. We are better. That's the reason our children learn very well from us. Manipulating is a very good art. And we are very good at it. If I am pure, and if I am in Christ, I am not going to be deceitful. No matter what, I will not be deceitful. If I am pure, and I am in Christ still walking, I will not take advantage of your kindness and your weakness. You know, there are many brethren who are kind and weak within the church. Not in a wrong way, but in a right way, in a true sense. Many people who are in Christ take advantage of these brethren to gain wealth. They will use any type of thing. They will use ministry work, many things. They are very, very deceitful that they take the kindness of somebody else to gain wealth. And we... Only when we have godly wisdom, we'll be able to know who's this trying to manipulate us. Proverbs chapter 10, quickly. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 9. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 10, verse 9, the man of integrity walks securely. A man of integrity walks securely. Because he's not afraid. He doesn't have a double tongue. He doesn't have a double standard. His word is one, his walk is one, his life is one. They are all one. He doesn't speak one thing and do another thing. My second point is, my second point, sister. If I am wise, I will not provoke your anger. If I am wise, I will not provoke your anger. I wouldn't make you angry. Wise people work at maintaining harmony all the time. You see yourself, do you always provoke somebody? Proverbs chapter 20, Proverbs chapter 20, look at verse 3, in Proverbs 20, verse 3. The Bible says in Proverbs 20, verse 3, Any fool, it's a very harsh word, any fool can start an argument. Any fool can start an argument. Now I want to throw this at you now. Who is the first person that starts an argument in a house? The Bible says you are a fool. Not me. God's word. Any fool can start an argument. And look why. The wise thing is to stay away from them. You seen that? Have you seen, an argue, uh, you seen a conversation between an husband and wife? Maximum two minutes and it goes up into an argument. Because one provokes the other immediately you get into an argument. So what causes arguments? The question is, let us look at, now what causes an argument at home, at work, in ministry, in whatever you're doing, what causes? Number one, 
three things that causes an argument. There are three things. And if you're wise, you will avoid these three areas of your life. If you're wise, these are the three areas you will avoid. Number one, comparing. Comparing, number one. This is the biggest problem between husbands and wives. I'm going to touch certain sensitive areas. Please, don't throw stone at me when you come outside. You know, many times men tell the women, you are just like your mother. When they look at their wife, I don't know why they do that. They only see the, the wife's mother in her. You're just like your, your, your mother. Have you heard that? You're just like your father. I know your father, the wife tells the husband. You're just like your father. And then you'll find husbands always comparing. Why can't you be like my sisters? Oh, you think I don't know about your sisters? I know about them. Don't talk about my sisters. It is you who brought up your sister's problem now. Be quiet. And then the argument goes on. Word to word, word to word. Comparing your wife or your spouse or your husband to somebody else. Don't do that. Have you heard this? Why can't you be like that brother? Why can't you be like that sister? We want to compare our wife or our husband to somebody else. Leave them alone. You do, not want, you do not know what chaos is going on there. Why you compare that poor man, that poor woman to that person, that family? If you go live there, you will not live again. So don't compare. Parents, this is another area of yours. When I was your age, you know what I did? Parents tell. Let me ask you a question, all parents. Did your children tell you that when I was your age? Or did your parents, sorry, did your parents tell you that when I was your age? And children hated when fathers and mothers tell, when I was your age, I know how to behave myself. I didn't comb my hair like this. I didn't do that. Come on, leave me alone. If you were my age, you would have done worse things. So please, don't compare your children to somebody else. They are living, living in a different lifetime now. Then another one. Look at those brothers. Men of prayer, women of prayer. Why can't you be like them? I only see you pray three minutes. And out of the three minutes, two minutes, you take time to open for the scripture. One minute you find the scripture, 30 seconds you read. Why can't you be like you, brother so-and-so? I don't want to use names. I was warned, don't use anyone's names today. So that's the reason I'm using so-and-so, so-and-so. Because I know I'll have stones outside. Let us quickly turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12. I was, I, my, my mouth was itching to use Sudhi's name all along. And I was warned, don't use anyone, not pastor's name, not Sudhi's name, nobody's name today. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12, quickly. It is unwise to compare. Have you seen that? It's unwise to compare anyone to anyone. Number second point is condemning. Second point is Condemning. Have you ever seen that and heard this? It is all your fault. I am in this trouble. I was doing very well in India. You said to come here. Look at the state I am. It is all your fault. We went to Australia. Nothing is working out. Then they start blaming each other. It is all your fault. You said resign your job and come. You look, I am sitting down here for one, one month, two months, one year, three years, doing nothing. Mama, it's all your fault. You sent me to this college. You look at the mess I am. We start condemning somebody else of what is happening to us. You always like this. You know, many, many husbands and wives will always say this. You are always like this even before I met you. They were never changed. Condemning that poor man. You are always like this. I feel sad for men. But I love you women. I mean, my wife. Okay. Sometimes we say this word. You will never prosper. Because that poor man went into business. He lost because of some given reason. You will never prosper. Why did you get into it? That man tried to do something. He tried to launch out in something. Instead of holding his hand and saying, it doesn't matter, sweetheart. You went into it, you fell. We will get along together. Don't worry. Like our pastor said, we will live on love and fresh air. Don't worry. Then another one. I know you are capable of doing that. That poor fellow would have done something else. You blame him because some other, someone else ran off with someone else's wife. You will say, I think you are also capable of doing that. We, are, we wait to condemn that poor man. Innocent, he'll come from work. 
some accident took place it is all your fault we have to be careful someone said you can bury a marriage with a lot of little words little words not big words small words and every time that small word is spoken to your spouse you're burying your marriage little by little my third point contradicting i'm sorry women i love you but i have to say this again when a man is talking you will get these women in between before that man can even start she will contradict no excuse me don't be thinking this is happening in my house okay and don't meet my wife after that and tell her oh sister is this all this is happening in your house listen i visit people okay i visit people and it's happening everywhere okay please don't be judging me i'm coming to you very soon how would you like if you're interrupted when you want to say something i have noticed this vishal is here vishal keep your ears closed i hear this in my office sometimes i wait to talk to my boss and before i could say something he'll be talking i'll want to say again and again he'll talk and i'll think to myself lord why does a man can keep quiet so that i can say what i have in my mind have you noticed many of many times people come in between and they contradict and they don't give you a chance to stay or to speak something wisdom is peace loving wisdom is peace loving proverbs chapter 14 verse 29 proverbs 14 29 a wise man controls his temper look at that if you have it in your bibles mark it a wise man controls his temper ladies this is a scripture you can write on every wall even in the toilet write it for your husband when he when he fights with you and he goes into the toilet he will see it and he will come out immediately a wise man controls his temper and if he talks too much tell him that you're going to tell brother claudie but if you want someone harder pastor abraham just just only use pastor abraham they'll become quiet they won't talk after that they will sit at the last row and they will treat you with respect and honor when they come to church because they are scared you're going to tell pastor abraham he knows that anger causes mistakes see that verse beautiful a wise man controls his temper and he knows that anger causes mistakes how many of us have done something foolish while we were angry how many of us have broken things and threw things at the wall sometimes when you know something doesn't work i want to bang it and break it thinking that if i break that it is okay it's done how many of us we do that you see no hand will come up no hand only my hand is there ah thank you brother thank one brother was saying how many of us when when we get angry we feel just bang it or bang the thing we get whatever we get we bang we can't bang our wives so we bang something we all did it at some given time in anger we flung things so don't do that i want you to look back at your life and see how many times we have made mistakes like that we have done it but we thank god that we are not doing it anymore can i hear a amen see nobody said amen because you're still doing it that means third one if i am wise i wouldn't crush your feeling if i am wise i wouldn't crush your feeling sister next wisdom is considerate we are looking at point 3 on the same of of verse 17 considerate means mindful of the other person's feelings considerate means mindful of other person's feelings james says wise people are considerate they don't crush another person's feeling i may not accept what you like i may not accept it but i will listen to it proverbs chapter 15 proverbs chapter 15 verse 4 kind words bring life have you seen that kind words bring life husbands i'm pondering over you kind words bring life if you want life into your marriage learn to talk kindly to your spouse learn to talk kindly husband and wife learn to talk kindly to your children it brings life but cruel words crush your spirit that's the word of god it's not my word it's god's word today we are seeing what does a kind word do what does an evil word do my brothers and sisters when you go home especially for brothers 
And when you enter your house and you know you're tired from that day, and you know you ask your wife for something and she doesn't do it, or she tells you, by default, I am tired, don't ponder and beat her up by saying, I am more tired than you, you know that? You sat in this house all along, I worked for eight hours, come and work under my boss and see the state. You will never know what that woman has gone through. Pastor Sean's wife is here? No. Pastor Lakin's wife is here? No. Okay. I just look at these two sisters sometimes, and when I see their children running about, it's like taking care of a nation. Believe me, and imagine if they I know they won't do it, but imagine if they go to the house and the wife tells, I'm tired, honey, and he says, I'm more tired. You think it will crush that lady's spirit. Only now I know what my wife is going through at home. And she keeps telling me, I wish I can go back to work. It's so hard. Because when I leave the house, she's in the kitchen. I come back, she's in the kitchen. I ask her, what else are you doing? You're in the kitchen morning, noon and night. Can you come out of the kitchen and be sometime with me? One word. So we do not know what our wives are going through. So don't tell them, I am also tired. Don't you understand that? And fling your shoe this way, one shoe this way, and get angry, throw your clothes about. Don't do that. Don't do that. You do not know what that woman is going. Fourth point. Quickly we'll rush. If I'm wise, I won't criticize your decision. I won't criticize your suggestions. If I am wise, counsel, brothers who are in ministry, I want to share this with you. Do not criticize people within your ministry. A wise person can learn from anybody. Balaam, learn from a donkey. So we can learn from anybody. Do not be defensive. Do not be defensive. Because wisdom is submissive. Wisdom is submissive. This word is only used one time in the New Testament. Do you know that? But it really doesn't mean submissive. It means submissive to submit unto somebody. The real meaning is submissive is reasonable. It means reasonable. It means willing to listen. Wisdom is submissive means a person who is willing to listen, a person who is willing to be open-minded to ideas and suggestions. Are you a person in your ministry that you have an open mind to suggestions? Do you have that? Look at the Revised Standard Version, what it says. The Revised Standard Version says, it's open to reason. The Living Bible says, it allows discussion. Look at the, the word submission. It's not that I go and submit to you, but I'm open for discussion. No matter what you say, brother, let us reason it out. Are you a reasonable person? Or do you want everything your way? And no one else's way, but only your way. Because this is the way we sing, we will sing it that way. This is the way we will stand, we will stand the same way. Can I move the side? No, you're not allowed to move. Because it was written in the degree in 2010. Don't do that. Don't do that. Give freedom. Can your children reason with you? How many parents do not allow their children to reason out with them? They'll tell them, be quiet, shut up. You don't know anything. Who's the father? Who's the mother? It's me, not you. you. Don't reason out with me. As a leader, are you willing to listen to those within your ministry? You will never know that God will minister to you through that little Samuel within your ministry. Because God will always put a little Samuel in your ministry because you're stubborn and you're not willing to listen because you want it only your way. And no one else's way. And then God will raise up a little Samuel in your ministry to take over. Be careful. All leaders of all ministries, husbands, be careful. If you are wise, you will be open to suggestions. You will not criticize. You will not be defensive. Have you noticed, so the moment you give a suggestion, immediately a wall of defense raises up between people. Proverbs chapter 12 verse 15. A fool thinks he needs no advice. A wise man listens to others. Proverbs chapter 9, verse 9. Give instruction to a wise man and he will yet be wiser. 
Give instruction to a wise man and he will be wiser. My fifth point. If I am wise, I wouldn't emphasize your mistakes. If I am wise, I wouldn't emphasize your mistakes. Wisdom, point five, is full of mercy and good fruit. Mercy and good fruit. When you show mercy, you will receive good fruit in reply. That's what it is. Don't jump on people every time they blunder. Every time your spouse or your husband blunders or your children does wrong, don't, don't pound on them. Every time they make a mistake, don't jump at them. Do you have the strength to let people go or you don't have the strength that you keep nagging them? Have you seen people, they keep on nagging, this is your mistake. This is the biggest problem within marriages. One of the spouse will always nag the other person, nag the other person. Do you bring up the past always to take control over a fight? Have you noticed when there is an argument taking between, a, between an husband and wife, one of the person will bring up the past just to take control of the fight. Because they say, I will hold his past and I will, he will become quiet. I will hold her past and she will become quiet. They bring up the past just to take control of an argument. One day, two lost long friends who have not met each other for a very long time, they met in a hotel lobby and they were start talking to each other. And then they realized that their conversation was going on for a long time and it went right to midnight. The conversations. And because they never met for more than 20 years. And suddenly they said to each other, listen, we better go now. Our wives will be waiting. The next morning when they met for breakfast, for some reason both the met, men met together. And one of the brothers asked the other one, how was it? What did your wife say or what did she think? He said she became historical. His, historical. He says, you mean historical? He said, no, no, historical. Why? She brought the last 20 years out when I went back. Whatever I did for the past 20 years, she told me the entire history. Are we historians or are we Christians at home? Don't bring up the history. Let history be bygone. Be a Christian. Be a Christian. James 2, verse 12. James 2, verse 12. Mercy triumphs over, over judgment. Have you seen that? Mercy triumphs over judgment. Don't be judgmental. Mercy is a greater principle than judging the person that you love. Don't judge your brethren just because they made a mistake. Please, sixth point. If I am wise, I won't disguise who I am. If I am wise, I won't disguise who I am. And everybody who is sleeping, let us say, Hallelujah! Praise God. You see that? Hmm. God bless you. The rapture is going to take place. Be careful. Now, immediately you will get one dig. See, you made a fool of yourself. I told you, wake up. I told you not to watch that movie last night. No, but I was praying. No, no, no. I know you were watching the movie. Don't tell me you were praying. I heard the sound. No, baby, that was not that. That was me meditating. If I'm wise, I won't disguise who I am. The mark of a wise person, they do not try to hide or disguise who they are. Because my sixth point is, wisdom is impartial and sincere. Look at that. Look at the sixth point in verse 17. Wisdom is impartial and sincere. King James Version says, it is without hypocrisy. No hypocrisy there. This means, I am honest and I will be sincere and I am straightforward in everything I do. Be yourself. Don't try to be someone else to impress somebody that you don't like with the words that you don't know. Don't impress them. If I am wise, I will not disguise who I am. Because sooner or later, that person will know who you are. So don't disguise to pretend you are a different person. One day, or maybe even before you can disguise, that person knows who you are already. But they are not telling it out. Look at Proverbs chapter 28 verse 13. Look at it. Let us see what the scripture says. 
when we try to disguise ourselves. Proverbs 28 verse 13. The Bible says, you will never succeed in life. Look at what a strong word. You will never succeed. Now I want you to look at this thing. If you are not succeeding in certain areas, look back into the scripture and see what does the scripture mean. If you try to hide your sins. It's a very strong word. If whenever you try to hide your sin, you will never succeed, the Bible says. Don't come and ask, Pastor, can you pray for me? I need to succeed. Pastor will tell you, go and examine your life first. Go get right with God and then come and pray. I will pray for you. The Bible says you will never succeed. So why do we come for an altar call when we are not living right with God? We need to do that first, then come to the altar. When the man of God prays, you will receive your portion in Jesus' name. It is dumb. I'm sorry for using this word. It is dumb to pretend that you are perfect because none of us are perfect. So don't pretend to be perfect. When you start telling your weaknesses, do you know what it does sometimes? When you tell your weaknesses to somebody, you will never know that person might be struggling in the same area. And it might strengthen that person to think, okay, we all fall at some given time. You understand? So don't try to hide. Because some, once someone told, why are you telling about your negative, uh, about your past? Because that was my past and it's because of Jesus I am here in my present. Amen? So that's the reason. When we give our testimony, it's only to encourage the brother because you will never know who is struggling in that crowd. That's the only one reason people appreciate honesty. People will appreciate it. And when you are open and honest, it's the greatest testimony that you could ever have because you are giving glory to God alone. Amen? So, now we are going to ask you, I told you you are going to do your wisdom test. How did you fare in your wisdom test? Each of you have heard the six points that we just spoke. How do you fare? Don't put your hands up. I don't want anyone to put your hands up. First one, do you compromise with your integrity? Ask yourself. And if you got, because today we are going to have an altar call. You are not going to come forward, but at your seat, we are going to get right with God today. First one, do you compromise your integrity? Number two, do you use people, manipulate them, and use them for things you want? You want to get something done. Do you do that? Do you tend to provoke somebody to anger? Do you provoke? Do you know many people provoke? So ask yourself this question. When I talk, does it provoke somebody else? Then there's something. And how will you know it? When you talk, if somebody replies to you, no, you know that you're provoking that person to anger. Next one. Always saying things that tick off people. The moment you say something, you tick the weak spot. Can your children make suggestions to you? And I think many parents will have this point to say yes. I allow my daughter, my son, or no, I never allow my son or my daughter to make any suggestions. Can your husband or your wife make a suggestion to you? Do you allow them to make suggestions? Or you tell them, be quiet, I know better than you. Do you emphasize another person's mistake just because it was in the past? Do you bring it up? And I want to ask this to husband and wife, if in the last one month or one year, if you have brought up the past in an argument, then you have to say, yes, I am wrong here. In the past, I have brought up an argument in an argument. I told my spouse, I know what you did that time, or what you did that time was totally wrong. And there was a fight. Are you full of mercy or are you full of judgment? What are you? Ask yourselves today. Do mercy triumph over me in an argument? Or is it I keep on judging the person? Do you use a mask or are you sincere and honest in every area of our lives? Many Christians come with masks on. So now, how do I get wisdom? And let us look at what James says. How do I get wisdom? Do I make a 2015 New Year resolution? Am I going to make a new year resolution that I'm going to get wisdom? No, you can't do that. The difference between knowledge and wisdom, the difference between knowledge and wisdom is knowledge comes from education. 
Okay? Knowledge comes from education. Wisdom comes from God. Amen? To get knowledge, you look around. To get wisdom, you look above. Knowledge comes from reasoning. Wisdom comes from revelation of God's word. Knowledge is something you learn. Wisdom is a gift from above. Amen? Knowledge is something that you learn. But wisdom is only from above. James 1, verse 5. One, James 1, verse 5. The Bible says, If anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask God. Amen? Wisdom is a gift from God. Ask God. I always ask God for one thing. All these years, and I still keep on asking Him, because I like this very much. I say, God, give me wisdom. I want to be wise in everything else. I want you to tell your neighbor, God, help me to build people and not destroy them. Give me wisdom. Give me wisdom to build people and not destroy them. Can you tell your neighbor that? God, give me wisdom. God, give him wisdom to build people and not destroy them. You have confessed today that God will give that person wisdom only to build, not to destroy. Colossians chapter 2, verse 13. The secret is Christ himself. Colossians 2, 3. Colossians 2, 3 says, In him lie hidden all God's treasure of wisdom. All God's treasure and wisdom is only in Christ and Christ alone. Amen? I want you to tell your neighbor one more thing. Now, we are going to do this together. I want you to tell your neighbor, because this is what we are going to tell Christ. Christ, think your thoughts through me. So tell your brother, Christ will think his thoughts through you. And say the words through your mouth. Say that to your brothers. And say the words through your mouth. Help people through your hands. Love people through your heart. And put your wisdom in their mind. And God's people say, The wisest thing I can ever do is to first give my life to Jesus Christ. That's the first thing you have to do. Allow Christ to demonstrate His power in your life. Amen? Conclusion, quickly. How wise are you? Number one. Which area do you need wisdom? Which area do you need wisdom? Do you need wisdom in your marriage? Do you need wisdom in your, with, to deal with your kids? Do you need wisdom at your work? Are you struggling with relationship? That's the thing. And all this is wrapped up in Christ alone. Amen? In Christ alone. Proverbs, uh, Psalm 111. Psalm 111. We are closing. Verse 10. Reverence for the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You seen that? When you give reverence to God, it's the beginning of wisdom. It all starts with salvation. Asking Jesus into your life is the number one priority that you need. Proverbs 27 verse 17. Proverbs 27 verse 17. As iron sharpens iron, a wise friend sharpens another friend. A man is wise by the company he keeps. A man is wise. Can I have the choir up, please? A man is wise by the company he keeps. The way to build a better relationship is first to have a relationship with God. And He will help you to have a relationship with one another. Amen? Let us stand on our feet. desire to honor you. Make this as a prayer as we are worshipping the Lord. Lord, with all my heart, I 
commitment today what is the commitment that you are going to make and let us exalt his name Righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Wisdom is given to further our righteousness. That's what we heard. 
and unless our righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, we would not enter the kingdom. In an age and a time when folly is exalted, when foolishness is being praised, would you want to step over to the other side, to the side of wisdom? We have been given wisdom in the word and the application of that wisdom comes through the gift of the Holy Spirit. Would we take courage to display Christ-likeness and not be foolish? Lord Jesus said that, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house upon the rock and the rains descended, the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house it did not fall for it was founded on the rock let's go back to the Lord and say Father there have been times that I have been foolish I have acted like a heathen like a pagan unlike unlike a Christian Father, we want to return back unto that wisdom that is from above, that is first of all pure. Lord, we pursue purity. If you want to pursue purity, would you lift up your hands unto God and say, Lord, let me live a lifestyle of purity, because this wisdom grants me the grace to live in purity. This wisdom makes me a peacemaker. This wisdom allows me to relate kindly with one another, including my near and dear ones. This wisdom puts a sentry over my lips, puts a guard over my mouth. This wisdom puts a gate over my heart and the feelings thereof that I don't run about doing those things that I once did when I was a child of darkness, but now I've crossed over to the marvelous light. This wisdom does not look at the speck in my brother's eye while I yet have a moat in mine own. This wisdom does not wear a mask. God, I want this kind of wisdom to distill down from heaven even upon me now, upon my family, upon my children. God, unto generations we need this wisdom. Too much learning increases pride but with the lowly is salvation God we humble ourselves and we say that we know not as we ought to know we possess not what we ought to possess therefore we come unto you God fill us with this heavenly wisdom we reject the wisdom of the world which is foolishness God and we accept wisdom from heaven which alone can save We receive it into our lives even now in the name of Jesus. Where I need wisdom, grant it, O Lord. In my relationships, in my speech, in my behavior, in my spending habits, in my saving habits, in my work ethics, where I need wisdom, God, grant wisdom from heaven. Grant wisdom, O Lord. Father, make me akin to Christ. Let Christ be seen in me and through me. I don't want to be called foolish and be rejected like one who built his house upon the sand that when the floods came and the winds blew and the rains descended, it fell flat. Lord, may my house not fall flat in Jesus' name. May my life not fall flat in Jesus' name. I need that wisdom which makes me build upon the rock, Jesus, the chief cornerstone upon whom we each are being built up like living stones. Hold us up, O rock of ages. Hold us up, for underneath are everlasting arms. Help us with this wisdom from above. And in Jesus' name we pray. Just a word to them that have not yet known the Lord Jesus. 
Years ago, a group of wise men from the east came in search of a baby who was born king of the Jews. The wise men were looking for a king. If you are wise, are you looking for that king? If you are foolish, you are looking elsewhere. But if you are wise, you would be looking for that king. I want to speak unto you for a minute. Bear with me for a minute. If you are wise, you should be looking for someone who can redeem you. If you are here today, I want to pray with you. I want to ask God to reveal himself unto you. Because the greatest wisdom of the earth will perish on that day. And only that which clings unto Christ shall remain. God, we pray for those whose hearts are not yet your own, who have not submitted themselves to be your throne. God, I pray for them that this afternoon they would lift themselves up into your presence. God, that they would begin seeking for him who was born king of the Jews. God, I pray for each one of these, your children. Father, make them your own. Let their life become your throne that you would rule and reign. Blessed be your name. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your servant whom you use this day. More of your grace and wisdom upon him and his family in Jesus' name. Lord, revelations more of your word grant unto your child. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all, now and forevermore. Amen. And surely, His goodness and mercy shall follow us. Amen. You are dismissed. Go in peace.